Hello, listeners, and welcome to SMPD, the podcast where we look back at the shows that shaped our childhood. I am Chris Bolton. With me, as always, my partner in podcasting, Mr. Mark Williams. Hello. And yet, that was a slightly less energetic intro than usual. I didn't feel right just coming on and yelling at the screen after (laughs) probably the most lovely intro in the history of TV. Um, It's Bagpuss this week. Yeah, now um, I don't know much of the intro you're going to use. Um, I want clip. to do it all, but it's like well, two, like two and a half long. fucking minutes. Yeah, so we can't. We're most likely just going to have the opening chords. We won't hear about Emily and her shop. But look, yeah. if you, I'm sure everybody, I know the intro off by heart, as I'm sure most people listening do. And if you don't, you've probably watched some before watching this show. And if you haven't watched any before and you don't know the intro, then stop listening to us right the fuck now. And treat yourself and then, and then come, come back. back. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I would like to play the entire intro and outro, but realistically, that's not going to happen, is it? No. Um, one, because it's two and a half fucking minutes long. Um, and two, that's bound to get flagged up somewhere. Yeah, that's a it. copyright strike waiting to happen right there. <laughs> so you, you'll have probably just heard the opening chords, but even so, it's still nice and serene and gentle. So the last thing you want is hello and welcome to S. So we spared you that this week, listeners. Anyway, <laughs> we've now rambled for best part of a minute. Let's let's dive into to Bagpuss. Uh, my my feelings are clear. I think just from the words I've just said, and the fact um, the motherfuckers behind you as well. And yeah, I've I've brought Bagpuss down. Uh, he normally lives uh, upstairs uh, in our attic where Bagpusses should live. You know, they should be in amongst broken things and dusty things, of course. Um, so I've brought him down for for the occasion. Um, if it wasn't for the fact I had to precariously balance him on the bookshelf there he is hanging on for dear life um i was going to open and make him yawn uh, by holding <laughs> up to the camera but it would have been incredibly clumsy and i don't know how many of our audience actually watch on youtube commit to listen so all of this may be lost anyway but for those <laughs> for those of you listening there is my back well i say my bag puss it's actually my wife's bag puss uh, not mine. I can't claim to have that. However, I did buy it for her, or at least I'm fairly certain I did. And I'm pretty sure I bought it because I wanted it. Um, anyway. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I'm not burying the lead here. Bagpuss is a very, very special show for me, as I've mentioned previously on this podcast as well this one has been coming for a long time uh, i've been looking forward to doing this one i didn't have to go hunting for it to rewatch it it is a show that i own the complete run of on dvd and have watched many many times um it's, it's only a short run it's only like 13 episodes 13 episodes you can watch the whole thing in like three hours um yeah no they were they were longer than i thought i mean i as I, as I said before, we we didn't watch BBC um, Kids TV when we when we were young. We used to watch ITV, so I was aware of Bagpuss and I'd seen bits of it, but I didn't realize how fucking long they are. Well, the thing is, they're like fifteen minutes long, but yeah, but you have good, like five minutes of credits. Yeah, that as well. a good four to five minutes of that is the intro and the outro, which is the same on every episode. So, yeah. so I mean, actually, that, they're about ten. They're minutes. about ten minutes, yeah. But I mean, I as I I've seen bits over the years, was never really interested, um, and it's only. This afternoon, uh, number two had a doctor's appointment, so I was sat in the waiting room watching Bagpuss on my iPad. Um, again, getting some funny looks, as I do pretty much every fucking time I do this. Um, but yeah, so I was kind of sitting there going, "Fuck is," and it was only when I, I watched three, I think, because uh, that was just about the time I had. And after the first, one, I didn't really notice the first one because I was kind of engrossed in the opening anyway. The second one, I was like, "Fuck me, is this again?" Yep. And going through the whole two and a half minutes again, I think it's two forty or something like that. I was like, fuck me, okay. And then the third time, I was like, oh, right, okay, boss of that scroll. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, that, Once it's enough. That's that's the thing with watching it online, I guess. Mine's on DVD. I can't be asked to skip the chapters because it might drop you in the wrong place. You know, I'm certainly not fast-forwarding. It's Yes, it's five minutes, but it's part of the charm of the show. You need the narrative framing of this is Emily's shop, and it's a shop for lost things, and this is where Bagpuss lives, and... It's all part of the charm, for me anyway. Um, and, and that is, before we dive too deeply into it, I think that is the best possible word you can use for this show, is it is just utterly charming. There is just something about Bagpuss that just, every time I watch it, just captivates me and brings me in. It, it's it's utterly charming. And, and I think 
I've, I've spent a long time watching this. I mean, and, and this, um, I've mentioned this briefly on the show before, um, but I, I did write papers on children's TV of the 70s and 80s whilst I was doing my BA. And this was a show uh, that I specifically targeted. I've, I've written many a word about Bagpuss. So I have thought about this quite a lot uh, and where the appeal lies. And I, I did so again this time. And every time I keep coming back to the same thing. And, and, and for me, I, I mean, there's, there's some specific things that appeal to me in Bagpuss. But I think the overall general appeal and the reason why it's actually been voted the most popular children's television program of all time in the UK is the characters. It's it's what draws you in and it's what's, what's so charming about it. You know, they, they're all so, so well observed and so individual. And just and utterly charming, like the mice especially mm. crack me up every time. Yeah, you know. Yeah, um, I, mean, I, I I don't have that baggage with it. I mean, so I I was aware of it. I'd seen a couple. I'd never really gave a fuck to be honest. It was one of those that just didn't do anything for me. Um, so going back to it this time, it was it was slightly different because obviously I'm now almost forty, and effectively looking at it for the first time. Um, so yes, I, I can see the charm, um, especially the mice and um, a fucking is a frog or a toad that sings. Uh, toad, Gabriel. Yeah. yeah. So that, again, there was there was some interesting stuff about that, and obviously reading about the fact they didn't do that stop motion because it would have taken years to do every song, and so they they, um, they jury rigged a, a, a thing to, so they could actually get a hand in and, and manipulate it from inside to make it play the guitar properly and stuff. That was all really fascinating. I thought that was really good, but the issue I had with it, and this is entirely my baggage is that um my better half had a pair of slippers that were they weren't bagpuss slippers they didn't have you no know, the heads on the toes or anything like that it was just you no know, bagpuss designed and okay. every time i saw bagpuss i was just thinking yes yeah, somebody's going to turn you into slippers you little fucker <laughs> and i couldn't get that out of my head um i mean there's all sorts of bagpuss merchandise and he is at the end of the day just a saggy old cloth cat so yeah, yeah he could be turned into slippers i guess um that that's a pretty that's a pretty dark place to go with it, Mark. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it was It was just one of those, I don't know, I don't have, similar to when we did Button Moon, I, I had more association with Button Moon than I, than I do with this. Um, mm-hmm. So even though I couldn't remember a great deal about it, there was still enough in there for it to sort of you know, make me go, oh, yeah, okay, I, I sort of remember, I can see that. This one, I say, because of I had so little experience. Sorry, I'm, I've just realized I'm playing with the wire of my headphones and this probably banging the shit out of the keyboard. So apologies for the noise. Um, yeah, I don't have the affinity for this. So when I was watching this, I'm watching it as an almost 40 year old going, yeah, all right. OK, it's all right. And that was kind of it, really. And I think that's that's a shame. And it's it's my it's very much my problem. Yeah, no, but, that that I find quite interesting as well, because I, I probably have a similar level of baggage with it, you know, in terms of being a child, as you had with Button Moon then. By the time Bagpuss was off the air, I was still very young. Uh, I do remember seeing it. It was one of those shows that would be on at a lunchtime. Um, yeah. So I do remember seeing it on TV, but I would have yeah. been very young. I would have been four or five. Well, I mean, the initial um, the initial run was in seventy four. So well, I, was, I wasn't even I mean, born. It was yeah, it yeah. was pretty much repeated constantly until sort of the mid eighties. Yeah, sort of. So, so I remember seeing it when I was very, very young, um, and then it kind of went away for a little bit, and and I sort of picked it up then, round about the late nineties to early two thousands. It just started to pick up traction and become a thing. It's it's where you know all of a sudden these motherfuckers showed up in card shops and toy shops and everything yeah, and they were a, everywhere weren't they there was a huge resurgence so and i happened to be writing these papers at the time so i dived just dove head first into it so i kind of really got lost in it for the first time as a adult uh in inverted commas um, and one of the things actually that i've always found especially um well charming as i said and and quite special um, about Bagpuss is that to me it plays it like yes it's a children's show and yes there are short stories for children in there and there's the, the sort of folk songs which are a bit nursery I mean, but to me it plays just as well to an adult audience I think as it does to children it doesn't talk down in the way that a lot of children's shows do you know it, yeah, it doesn't patronize kids it hasn't got hey children how are we doing today and it, you know it doesn't do that it doesn't sort of rely very heavily on exposition spoken out loud you know it's and some of the humor i think is actually very sophisticated the mice in particular 
and yeah. you know but for, for the kids you know they're funny because they're little mice and they've got squeaky voices squeak. but the comedy timing employed on some of the gags with with the mice you know where, because they they're hyperactive and they're mice and so they'll be running around trying to fix things you know and like i think it's shipping a shipping a bottle yeah where they're pushing yeah, so things jam, in and they jam go, him in the push. hole and shit like yeah, that. Jam, yeah, and then they're all like, push, push, push. And Madeline goes, no, 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 you're going to break it. So they stop, oh. take a beat and go, pull, yeah. pull, pull. And, yeah, <laughs> and I watched that one. I watched The Elephant. Oh, okay, um, yeah. And there was one other one I watched. I can't remember what it was. Um, I think it was... Did you see uh, Did you see the one with Boney King of Nowhere in it? I've got a feeling it might. Be, I think that's um, that's ringing a bell. Um, I think it's Owls of Athens. No, I don't think it is Owls of Athens. Or is it? Yes, it yes, is. Yeah. I think it's Owls of Athens. Yeah, that Bonnie was it. Yeah, because I, I watched those two and then I skipped to the Elephant. Because uh, that, that sounded fucking weird. Boney King of Nowhere. To do, like to this day, I find hilarious because again, it's that it's almost carry on level of smut. Where for children, it's a jolly happy song, mm. and for adults. The rhyming couplets always end up as though they're going to say bum or ass or something like that. And then they just stop and use a completely different word. Um, so Bony King of Nowhere cracks me up every time. Not to mention Radiohead went on to cover the fucking thing. That's how yes. big Bony King of Nowhere got. Yeah, um, although that's, that's probably another reason why I subconsciously don't like it. Well, maybe. Uh, so so there's, look, there's the humour of it. And like I said, the, the characters, just every single one of them is is so unique. You know, yeah. and Bagpuss is so well observed for a cat. The mice are it's just they crease me. They are some I, of my favorite yeah, characters. I really like the um the woodpecker as well. Um and it's yeah. based it's based yeah. on somebody, I can't remember the guy's name, but it's apparently based on somebody on a sort of quite a prominent academic. Yeah, um, and, and again it, they've just lampooned the living fuck out of him. Yeah, and he comes through so strongly, but again, like a lesser show, you know, the, the temptation with Yaffle would have would have been to have him be quite stuffy. And uppity and generally you'd and have made an him an owl. Not a yeah, and you, you would have made him an owl. Yeah, exactly. But he's not. He's actually more like a can a kindly old grandfather who's just kind of has his own take on the world. And it's it's he's so at odds with the rest of the of the gang, if you like, because they're all dreamers and their imagination takes them on these flights of fancy. Yeah. And the mice are hyperactive, whereas Yaffle's just like nyeh, nyeh, nyeh. you know, and he's all like little children kind of thing. You know, let yeah. me tell you all about this. I mean, yeah, if you've seen uh, the elephant, that's the prime example of that where he's trying to tell him it can't be an elephant because he hasn't got ears. And of course, the answer is, well, we'll put ears on him then. We'll yeah. get a hat and it'll be fine. Um, yeah. and, and again, it was it was quite telling as well because I mean this. Whole... <laughs> The whole thing about the stories and, and so the thing that yes okay they're, it's they're clearly going for a young audience but the fact that they go, they're going into this immediate flight to fantasy well how does he fly yeah i said like, oh hang on how do you how do you answer that one if you've got kids yep and you're watching you're, you've got little kids and they haven't seen dumbo and yep. they're going to turn to you and say do elephants fly how do they fly they're too big to fly and then you get into the whole thing so that no that was quite um quite well absurd and again the way that that's kind of explained through the story and as you said, the fact, well, he hasn't got ears. Well, fuck it, we'll put ears on him. Yeah. It's just, it's just such a, a simple, childish way of doing things. And that, and that's, I, I think that is the key to unlocking the whole show and, and to, you know, like if, if it's not for you, it's it's not for you. But I, I think the, the key to actually unlocking the show itself and to taking the level of joy out of it, certainly that I do, is, is understanding that, that yes, it was made for children. Yes, it was targeted at, at children. But it doesn't ever talk down to them and it does understand mm. how they think. And it does actually, you know, especially the the stories and, and some of the, the songs as well, Boney King and mm. Owen Prime Example, but especially the stories when they're animated on their own, they are perfectly well executed, self-contained animated shorts. Yeah. Like yeah. they're written, like they all have a start, a middle and an end. They have a three act structure. They aren't fairy tales. Some of them are a bit proverby. Yeah, um, but I think that was again that was kind of the purpose of it is that they didn't want to be too preachy, but at the same time they're like, well, we kind of need something on it. Yeah, um, exactly. but but they're so well structured, <coughs> so me. well animated, you know. And, and, and look, I mean, that's we'll we'll talk probably in a bit of depth about small films as, as this podcast goes on. Yeah. Um, but but you know the the level of quality in, in the animation as well for for what was essentially fucking peanuts. Yeah. You know, they were they were shooting this thing for something. I, I think the figure something stupid, like about a hundred and fifty quid an episode, yeah. something like that. Which, all right, this is the seventies, so you know, it's, it's a bit of cash, but, you know, comparatively. It. Yeah, scale it, you know. Um, but it, you know, a lot of this animation is literally cardboard cutouts. 
yeah. and a and a timer on a camera. That's yeah. that's how this works. Yeah, and, and that's what I mean. That's what I was talking saying about earlier with the um with with Gabriel and you know, when he's when he's playing the guitar and stuff. That was the only time they had to they had to sort of really think outside the box and because they couldn't do him yeah. playing guitar as stop motion it would, it would have killed the project and, and even um, to this day whenever i go through a rewatch and it, this is a show incidentally that i do rewatch like i would rewatch and like we've just rewatched game of thrones like i would rewatch buffy regularly this is a show that every couple of fuck, years this would be so much quicker i will rewatch it. it's an afternoon okay that's that's all it is you set an afternoon aside sometimes too i've watched it over the course of about three days this week because i've just kind of dipped in and out um but every time i go to that rewatch the first time gabriel starts playing guitar and it's in Ship in a Bottle. He plays guitar in yeah. Ship in a Bottle. It blows me away, even to this day. Like like the effect that, and again, spoken on all of our shows at length about how much we both love puppetry. Yeah. Um, and, and and the extent to which they pull that off is incredible because you, everybody else to that point has been moving in that kind of stop motion kind yeah. of manner. And all of a sudden, the fingers are just moving up and down the guitar as if, yeah. you know, it's real, I mean, essentially. Yeah. And I mean, I hadn't, uh, I don't do a great deal of research anyway, but I hadn't done any before this. Um, I I, say, I found a couple of episodes to watch um, and I was like, Fuck, okay, that's, no, that's, no, you've actually got it moving up and, up and down the fretboard and the fingers are moving for it. I thought, Fuck, right, okay, they, they've done some work there. And when I was reading about it, obviously, the fact that they had to, you know, they had to come up with a solution to do that, it really does show. But I want to come back to something you said earlier on about the fact it doesn't talk down to kids. And I think one of the, the biggest things it does have going for it is that you don't see it so much now in, in kids shows now, even if they are a similar sort of length. But you you got them so in the 70s and the 80s, whereby rather than trying to teach kids something or rather than trying to not rather than trying to sort of say impart anything, it's just right. Well, this is how kids talk to each other. This is how they tell stories. These are the types of stories they seem to gravitate towards. So let's just tell some fucking stories. It's, and it's exactly it, it that. Does, it, and so, and rather than saying, "Okay, well, we're going to no, we're going to tell you this story, and at the end of it, you're going to learn something," whatever. It, no, we're going to tell you a story, and I say, "No, we're going to tell you, a, we're going to sing you a song about about shipping, or no, about the ship in the bottle, or we're going to we're going to tell you a story about an elephant." Yeah. Why the fuck not? And that's what kids do to each other. Yeah, and, and there are, like I say, some of these stories are a little bit, little bit proverbial, and um, things like the elephant. You know, yeah. if you want it. You can take a read in there, particularly when we get onto the ear song after the the, the story in the elephant is finished. Yeah. If you want it, there's this comment there and this lesson to be learned about how our outward appearance doesn't reflect who we are. You know, there's the whole song about wouldn't a dolphin look silly with ears and, yeah. you know, wouldn't a, wouldn't a businessman look silly with big hairy ears and things like that. So there is comment and outward appearance. You've got um, episodes like The Wise Man, you know, where it's the whole story is structured as though it's a, an ancient Chinese proverb. And interestingly, mm. even again, they, you know, especially in the 70s and 80s, a lesser show would have relied so heavily on Chinese stereotypes to the point yeah. where we would be calling it out and saying it's disgusting. But look, short of putting a little pointy hat on Bagpuss for his thinking cap, like they're very, very to the point where Yaffle even goes on to say, you know, how cultured and wise Chinese are as a culture, you know, and, and they're very respectful of that. Owls of Athens, the same thing, yeah. you know, they're very respectful of, of other cultures. Um, and there is just something there, there's a level, I think, of professionalism to, to every element of this that you mm. don't get in in so many shows it's like they and, and this is because it's such a small creative team this is two fucking guys yeah all right that that's it this is two fucking guys in a shed that's what this is a cow shed all right so it's it's slightly bigger than your average shed but this is two guys in a shed yeah making this they have complete control over it you know it, <laughs> if you want to read into the history of of small films it is quite interesting you know they they go on to describe basically how they were arm's length with the bbc because the level of trust that they had in them they just go and see the bbc once a year and they go we need this amount of money and the bbc would go here you go see you in a year's time bring us a show back and they would mm. leave them alone you know it's <laughs> it's almost indie film <laughs> yeah it's like we're gonna fuck around in this shed you're gonna buy it when we're finished so we may as well pre-sell you the rights now and that's what yeah. they were doing which is fucking genius yeah. especially in the 70s on tv yeah i mean you probably would have got that to an extent with probably like jerry anderson who who had produced for them yes. before you know, and and you know had produced something that that worked for them but yeah i mean i said this, this is a tiny little outfit with no oversight whatsoever 
No, I mean, they've got, like... you know, they've got previous because you had things like uh, either the engine and things yeah. like that. So they had previous, which incidentally, I do not like at all. I fucking hate either the engine. Uh, it's about the only small film show that I do hate, but it's just it goes through me, though. It makes me fucking cringe. And that's a me thing. Yeah. because i'm welsh okay yeah, it's, um, it's that and fireman sam have the same effect yes on me. exactly they just go fucking straight through me it makes every fucking hair on my body stand on end yeah. um which is interesting considering how how i've just talked about how careful they are to respect other cultures and, and to be fair and i for the engine most of the fun that's poked at the welsh is quite gentle and it's not mm. horribly stereotypical it's just that indian sounding accent but anyway say, this is a lot of the engine show as, as i say in general when you get it and you get it across shows from the 70s 80s and 90s um where it was cheaper to bring somebody in and do a, a really comic welsh accent than to actually get somebody to come across the bridge and do and do the work properly yeah so you always got the big accent and the really big fucking bellowing voice yeah and, and it's talk- actually i do know somebody who talks a lot i did he's dead now but um a guy i used to work with when i, when I was um a lot younger he was from like the deepest darkest west wales and he actually fucking talked like a farmer in it like winter davis i said well that's the only time i've ever heard that nobody else yeah, nobody fucking talks like yeah. that unless we like we can't hear ourselves so maybe we do fucking talk like that well I maybe although Pretty i, I, sure I, I, I normally get accused of being canadian so you know i weirdly normally get accused of being geordie when i grow up <laughs> i don't know i don't know where that comes from because I certainly don't sound like that. Yeah, Not that there's anything wrong with that, but I know I fucking don't. Yeah. Now, I, I remember being in America and somebody asked me where my accent was. I said, oh, it's Welsh. And they said, what part, of te- what part of Texas is that in? <laughs> we love you, American listeners. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> it was hilarious. That was the best laugh I had all week. I mean, that, that in itself, you know, you, you feel something interesting there as well. Because um, something I noticed on this watch, I, I have this on DVD. So it is available on the internet. Please pay for it, as always. I know it's all on YouTube. I know it's all there for free because the love for this show is massive. So people have dumped it out there, which ironically is hurting the estate. Um, And it is the estate at this point, obviously. Um, But you can get it. Uh, I have it on DVD. And weirdly, this must be a rights thing. I don't know. I haven't looked into this and this will be post any research that I would have done last time. My DVD starts with the fucking Universal Pictures logo. Full yeah. on globe spinning, Universal going around it. So maybe yeah, so this was distributed in America. I don't it know. It was. So in um '93, um, Polygram released it on video. So they bought it and then got bought up by Universal. Right. So that's how my DVD ends up having the Universal globe on it. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, that that struck me this time. I don't know why it's never stuck in my teeth before, but I was like, <laughs> "Fucking hell! This is this is a Universal joint. Yeah. What the fuck's going yeah, on sorry. here?" Yeah. The, the first video is released by Channel Five, and the rest released by Universal Pictures. So yeah. Ah, okay. Uh, because yeah. yeah, clearly two titans of industry there: Universal, Channel Five. Hey, you've got to get softcore porn from somewhere. I guess so. I'm uh, saying in- that. I mean, I, I don't even know if they do that anymore. It's been that long since I watched Channel Five. The only thing I know they, they still have on is Neighbours. And they have Big Brother now, don't they? Is that still going? I think Channel 5 has Big Brother. Oh, fuck I, no. I don't no, know. That, anyway. that sound is the bottom of the barrel being scraped. Yeah, Incidentally, anyway. before we move on from that, there's also a CD um, of the original songs, which was released in 2018. Yeah, it's on uh, it's on vinyl as well. And yeah. it's something I've had my eye on for a little while. Um, <laughs> I've never got around to taking the plunge. But I have had my eye on that for a little while. If Bony King of Nowhere is worth it alone um well i wonder so, if, if they did it if, if they released it in 2018 i'd imagine it's got to be on digital platforms as well isn't that probably is i'm sure i can get it on spotify and i can certainly listen to bony king or wherever i fucking want because it's floating around on youtube and stuff as well hell i can put the fucking dvd in like so i can skip straight <laughs> to the chapter but it would it's the kind of thing that would be nice especially that intro would just sound lovely coming through uh my old record player downstairs i think it would sound really really nice how old do i fucking sound jesus christ um, i wasn't gonna say no, that's middle age, everybody. Um, what was I talking about before we went off on Universal Studios? I was talking about small films. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you know, in general, I think, again, a lot of because this was so tightly creatively controlled, you know, we've we've talked particularly on Mario about how sometimes when a creator's allowed free reign, um, they could, you know, a project can grow arms and legs and it can just be hideously, hideously out of control. And yeah. this is never that at any point. It, it's so concise. Everything about, like, the wraparound in the shop is always so concise. It, we get from A to B very quickly. It never feels, you know, it never feels shoehorned in mm. in the way that something like Rainbow would shoehorn a song in. It's never like, hey, children, I know a song about that. 
Well, I mean, to be fair, Rainbow had Rainbow was set up for that because you had Roger and Freddie, didn't you? Yes, yeah. I'm and not, it was I'm a case of, you know, it was like, that, but... it's just like, okay, well, we need a little break because you know, the dude in the George in the, in the bungle suit's getting a bit warm. So here's Roger and Freddie, so you can take his head off for a minute. Yeah, but uh, you know, I'm not knocking that. That was that was their format, and that's that's what you got used to. You know, Button Moon would do the same thing. It'd be it's time to look through the telescope. Yeah, there's never and, that. and that's something that has endured. Actually, if you look at stuff, um, I mean, if you look at the '90s when obviously you had the Teletubbies, and then you went to Tweenies, and then when you've gone yeah. into stuff in the Night Garden, that is a format they've retained. Where you no, know, I mean, in the Night Garden was a particular one because there were so many different groups. You could quite naturally say, right, well, now we know it wasn't a case of, oh, and now we're going to see what these lot of fuckers are doing. And now we're going to see what those fuckers are doing. It was just, meanwhile, in fucking Tom Lee Boulain, they're doing this. And Eagle yeah. Pickle is sodomizing a German sausage or something like that. You know, it, it was always that thing where it was just a case of, right, we're going to we're going to very obviously jump from one to the next rather than segue through any sort of story. And, and it, again, was only, yeah. it was only when you, sort of, you had the the train thing, which I can't fucking remember what it was called. Uh, thankfully, the kids have grown out of it. Um, but the train would pass um, somebody's house and then you linger on it for a bit. So then you go in to do their story and then J- Derek Jacobi would say something else and then you go off to somebody else. I mean, they've, they have retained that format to an extent, but I I don't think it ever particularly worked. But it certainly do- it certainly doesn't work now because everybody's kind of looking for it. And I think that yeah. looking back at bag persons that we have talked about other shows and um, say uh, in the past, where it's just not something that you do. You kind of just let the story tell itself. They absolutely do, you know, to the point where, like, yeah, with, with your button moons and your rainbows, and I'm sure you're in your night gardens, which, of course, I know about because it was huge, but I've never really watched. Oh, um, you. Yeah, you know, it that was very formulaic and always came at the same point in the show. You're right. It was like, we're about to go to commercial break. Now's the time for the song. You know, Bagpuss doesn't work like that. The story or the song, normally there's both. But they they come in where it fits the overall story of the episode. So something like the elephant, for instance, is almost entirely story. It yeah. comes in straight away, and we have two or three chunks of story. Yeah, Whereas and, and that some... actually did um, it didn't jar with me, but it did because it was only it was just like the second or third one I watched, and it's like oh they haven't done this before. Yeah, that's not the norm, but that's what fitted that story. Yeah, and you know there really is no norm because like ship in the bottle. There's a lot of discussion about the ship in the bottle first. Then we get the song. Then immediately after we get the story, which is just a retelling of the song. And then we close out at the shop. And then others, you know, like Owls of Athens jumps back from four. And it's whatever fits at the time. And it really feels like a conversation. And I guess especially for children, it feels like a conversation between adults. For me, it just feels like a conversation between friends or characters. But it feels like they're having a conversation in the shop, genuinely trying to work out what this thing is. Yeah. And then those stories and those songs naturally evolve out of that. Well, I think it's this because I remember a time when this happened. Yeah. You know, and and the only time it even gets slightly formulaic like that is when they have to turn around. And it's just the mechanic that they use to go into the animation. It's when they turn around and say, "Okay, Bagpuss, you need to put a thinking cap on because you need to think about this. Or and I don't care because I love it every time it happens when they have to throw over to the to the magical mechanical mouse organ uh and it's it's wonderful you know like the mouse organ is is incredible i love it every time i love everything to do with the mice i think there is a there is an age divide in in this country okay where and and i fall right slap bang in the crack in the middle of this so it's personal choice i guess the side that i come down on but there's definitely an age divide in this country where you can work out what generation a person was brought up in by the song they sing when they're doing DIY. Okay. So, you know, I I think the the latest generations will instantly go to Bob the Builder. They're doing DIY is Bob the Builder, can we fix it? All right. Generation before that, and actually one of the more enduring ones, not so much a song, but there'll be a lot of to me, to you, to me, to you. For me, I cannot attempt to fix anything or do any DIY or even do a household chore. And I am not lying, listeners. This happens at least weekly. I cannot do it without singing the mice's round. I cannot do it. I cannot clean the house without singing we will clean it. I cannot pick up a hammer without singing we will fix it. Like it is just. And again, to me, to you, Mm. like I'm I'm much more likely to be heave 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 <laughs> just because that's what has ingrained itself with me yeah. you know now when i do any sort of diy or anything it's always fuck bollocks are you mother oh, i mean i mean there's that as well that, that comes <laughs> yeah. shortly after 
like I'm sure. Yeah. But but initially, when when you think the job's going to be easy and you're quite excited to do it straight away with me, it's we will fix it, we will mix, and I will just wander around the house singing to myself in a high pitched voice as well. Um, you can apply that song to just about anything. It's a fun little game, um, and of course they do that in the show as well. You know, the, the song is very rarely the same twice, which again a lot of kids shows will use this formulaic thing, get you to learn the song, get you to sing along. It's yeah. part of it, and then they can sell you the record then they can sell you the fucking books on tape where you want to sing it and see the things going along but no the mice sing a different round in almost every episode some are similar there's quite a few variations as, of as, we will as, clean as, it. i was going to say they're they're very the ones i've seen are, are similar i mean the, the tune is always the same it's always yeah. that kind of medieval english round yeah. um but you know it'll depend on what they're doing it could be we will fix it it could be we will clean it it could be we will shine it it could yeah. be anything you know uh, and the same with the marvelous mechanical mouse organ as well you know it'll be some weeks they're just doing the pictures and gabriel's playing the song some weeks they've got the music sheet and they've got to put that in and you know charlie mouse has got to wind it up and put it, in. it it's always slightly different and again it's whatever fits the story yeah no they, they're not afraid to just there's something new every week i think that's one of the things that makes it so easy to watch as well no two episodes are the same not tonally you know not in terms of even what you're going to get sometimes even the style of animation and the art style is totally different when you get these things like like i mentioned the wise man you know where it's yeah. it's drawn like one of those old kind of willow tree plates you know like yeah. old chinese drawings and then other times it's very clearly cardboard cutouts um i mean did, I'm trying to think what episodes you watched again. Did you get the song with with the mice chasing the cheese, where they're after the blue cheese? No, I don't think so. And, and that's just a very bright, pastel coloured animation that was quite typical of the late seventies and early eighties. Yeah, it's you know? not ringing a bell. But I mean, I, th I think I think you're right. I think that is part of the charm. That is part of the charm is the fact you are. You know, so many shows, and they still do it now. And they, you know, I mean, going back to the likes of Jerry Anderson, it was always a thing of repeat and Hanna Barbera. You repeat as much as you can because then it's yeah. cheaper to make and we can churn out more episodes. We haven't got to animate so many cells or make so many puppets or do this, that, and the other. So the fact that they, you know, the fact they're saying, right, okay, well, every episode is going to be different because everything has, no, it's about a different thing. So we're going to treat it as its own thing. We're going to treat it as a, a small film, effectively. Yeah. Um, and to that extent, then, yeah, no, apart from the intro and the, out, and the, and the outro, which, yes, okay, after the first time, you're like, fuck it, all right, okay, get on with it. Um yeah, you you kind of watch the episode and go right, okay, that, no, that's engaging because I'm not seeing the same thing. Um, and I said the the one with the elephant, they said it's it's predominantly story, and they launch straight into the animation with it, with the the cartoon animation with it as well. Yeah. And you're, oh right, okay, that's different. And so immediately yeah. you're 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 not quite on the back foot because it's it's not so disarming in any way. Um, but you're just like oh right, okay, that's what I'm getting this week. Yeah. Um, and like I said, no, I mean my my baggage with it is the fact that I'm almost forty watching it for the first time, more or less. So just put that aside. Just be a kid. Just allow yourself to be a kid and watch it and and accept that actually, and I mean every fucking word of this, actually it's better written and produced even to this day than most of the shit you're gonna watch that's targeted at our age group. I can guarantee you. It tells a fucking better story than any episode <laughs> of Game of Thrones you want to make me watch. I'll that's tell not you fucking that. I've seen no, shit really tell better stories than Game of Thrones. You know, in, in ten minutes it'll tell you a complete story, sometimes two. Um, and yeah, they're simple. They're very simple, but there's they work. There's nothing to say the story has to be complex, is there? And some of them are genuinely lovely. Like the Hamish is genuinely a lovely story. Which one is that? Because I've been reading about it. I can't remember which one that is. Uh, so, the, so the Hamish is where they get a porcupine pin cushion in the shop. Yeah. Spoilers, listeners. Spoilers. Um, and initially, Yaffle thinks it's a Hamish, which is a small Scottish wee beastie type thing. Um, um, which is essentially like a living bagpipe sort of a cross between a, you know like i'm sure you've joked about it as well like joking about going out and catching a wild haggis it's it's mm. essentially that you know it's right. it's like a small little tartan sack with a with a squeaky snouty nose uh that makes a noise like a bagpipes and then this guy on i top think of i went head. out with her <laughs> yeah there's a, there's a guy who lives on top of a mountain or, or a hill in a secluded area of scotland and he has a long lost brother and every night he goes out and he plays his bagpipes in the hope that his long lost brother will play the bagpipes back and they'll they'll find each other but everybody in the village hated the sound of the bagpipes so you have to move away to this remote mountain and now he's really lonely and then one night he's out there playing his bagpipes and he hears the bagpipe call coming back and it's pitch dark outside because it's the middle of the night and he's in the middle of nowhere 
So he's blowing his bagpipe and the Hamish is blowing back at him and the Hamish has lost his own tribe. So he thinks that he's, uh, that the guy is one of the Hamishes and the guy thinks the Hamish is his brother. So he takes him inside and they, they sit by the fire and then they spend many, many years living happily together until the rest of the Hamish clan come back. Spoilers to take the wee Hamish away and then the man's all on his own again. And it's just this lovely, touching little story. And I've done it no justice by telling it in such a short <laughs> space of time. But it's this lovely, touching little story. And like generally, it's almost the type of thing you could see like Pixar picking up and running for for 80 minutes. Mm. You know, and, it, and it's condensed into yeah. this tiny couple of minutes. Yeah. But me, show. I mean, to be honest, if you look at the the shorts that Pixar are putting out so with the features at the moment. Yeah. Um, it does. So, no, it, you could you could always imagine it having that feel to it. And it's got that level of just emotion in it for me like it conveys so much emotion the hamish itself is a cute little thing you know and one of you know one of the other things that's great about it in terms of its its narrative as well we're talking about how the outro was always the same and you you'll quite frequently because the hamish is then such a an obvious thing to look at because it's tart and um it's one of the first things you'll notice when you do get to the outros the thing that is slightly different is every week when they push the new thing into the shop window, into the window all yeah. of the old things are still there and they get rearranged and stuff like yeah. that and so i always like to play a little game of spot the hamish when you get to the end because he's normally in there somewhere but they move them around yeah. um and i mean now itself, if you, if you had that level... now it would be a case of right well that's our outro and we're going to put this week's thing in front and center and nothing else will be there from previous yeah, weeks. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a, there's an there's, element of ongoing narrative there that's there is. And a I was, world. Yeah. And I mean, realistically you'd think, okay, well, if we're, if we're making, if we're making this many episodes, yes. Okay. If we want to feature the thing that's been in this episode in the window, then we you know why are we going to, why are we going to strip it out every week and reset it? So ju- we're just putting this one new thing, just chuck it fucking in, in the shot, we'll just rearrange what's already there next week when we've got, I don't know it might be a penny next week, or it might be a you know, toy penguin, or whatever. we'll just put we'll put that more prominently, and we'll just move stuff around because and, and it fits the narrative as well. Actually, this is a shop for uh, for lost and broken things, and they're not going to be picked up anytime soon, so they're still there, and it kind of you know, it, that kind of makes sense as well. Yeah, and you know, I I don't know, um, but I would imagine there is a definite practical element to that where they're shooting mm-hmm. on such a low budget and everything is so fucking sticky tape and felt tips. Yeah. That actually leave they've, it alone. Set, they've set that camera up in the shop window and done all of those outros at once. And the camera's yeah. just running and they're like, right, now move that one there, put that one in there. Yeah. Because, you know, they they would have been once you've got that set done and the camera's yeah. ready, go, don't fucking move it. Yeah. Nobody fucking breathe. Yeah, exactly. And especially with stop motion animation as well. Yeah. You know, um, because again, you know, the, the master shot, if you look at it, the master shot of Bagpuss over on the far right and Yaffles come down off his bookcase and he'll be sort of two thirds of the way along in the top left. And then the mice will just pop in and out. Yeah. But you get the idea that probably Bagpuss and Yaffle are, are sort of set up there and left there. Because even, again, part of the reason for having the same intro, mm. Yaffle only ever got down off that bookshelf once, I guarantee you. They, oh, never God, ever, yeah. they didn't film that time and time again. He no, was no, just no, no, always no. there. You know, whereas the mice have to constantly run around and pop in and out. But I get they're yeah. the easiest things to animate because they're literally little paper cones. Yeah, exactly. You know, they, they wave their arms around, basically. That's about yeah, all no, they do. Nothing really moves with them, is it? No, it's not, you're no. not doing legs and you're not moving heads and stuff. And yet there is so much energy and character that comes through with them just by them spinning around on the floor. And I mean, yeah. they're excited toddlers, basically, is what they are, aren't they? Yeah. You know, um, and I, I love them to bits. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's quite interesting. I hadn't really thought about it, um, even when I was watching it this afternoon, and sort of, refer, um, sort of compare it to it in the night garden. You look at some of the characters they've got in there, and they've done the exact same thing. They've got, um, they've got two little families. And they've got like fucking nine billion kids each because you know, why the fuck not? But they are exactly like the mice. They're just these balls of energy and they're constantly moving around and they're constantly and they're constantly jabbering. And you have no fucking idea what's going on until yeah. they want you to know what's going on in the story. And yeah. that's I mean, that's the point where the narrator comes in. And I think that's where they've kind of blown it a little bit. They don't they don't let the story be the story. They, you know, they've got to have somebody telling it, which is fine. But it it kind of steps on what they're trying to do with the animation. Um and I think that no, it's but it's there are so many things, and I hadn't, as I said, I didn't know enough about this to really you know, have any sort of frame of reference. But so many of the kids shows that certainly number one would have watched when she was little. Um, I can't really speak for number two because he was near, but a lot of the stuff that that she would gravitate towards had that sort of style to it as well. And these sort of characters were very very similar to what you got thirty five forty years before. 
Yeah, I, I think again the, the big difference there is, is as you say, with that they they'll just run around and jabber until it's time for you to know what it is, and then you might get an exposition bomb from the narrator. Yeah. Whereas again here, the mice just are naturally doing what they're going to do, and it just so happens they they might, in, a, in an entirely innocent way seemingly, although of course it's leading for the story, ask yeah. a question like, oh well, why doesn't the elephant have ears? Or yeah. we can we can sort that out. I'm sure we've got a hat or something like that, you know. And it just feels yeah. again like part like a natural evolution of the conversation that's being had, rather yeah. than going, "What's that, mice? You think he needs a hat? Oh well, yeah. I'm sure we have one here somewhere." There's none of that. Yeah, and, and that was something that I mean, I'm trying to think because obviously I mean wasn't around when certainly when this did it runs in the first time. But I mean even even when it first went off air in in '86, I wouldn't have been that old. Um, but I, I'm trying to remember shows of a similar sort of age that don't rely on that mechanic because that was, no, I mean, it was tried and tested even then. I mean, it was probably as all fuck. Um, I, oh. I, I can say as somebody that's that's watched a lot of them, as I say, academically as well, um, there are none that execute it as well as this. There are none that treat their audience with as much no. respect. Well, as I, mean, I'm, I, I'm tr- I can't even remember anything that tries to do it. Um, no. it. It was always very much the narrator going, as you said, what's that? Oh, you think he needs a hat? And even to like so when you when it evolved into things like Sooty, where you had um, Corbett was on screen, so he acted as that narrator for you, and he he that role was fulfilled that way. Even then, you, you know you had to have somebody explaining what the fuck was going on. Yeah, and some did it to, with to a better degree of success and subtlety than others. But I, I'm I say, I'm racking my brain trying to think of anything else that didn't do that that had a similar sort of form, a similar sort of style, and similar sort of format. Obviously, once you got into you know you. You, you bigger shows then obviously they they did it because they had a longer form and they, they were able to, yeah. to to push it a bit but there's nothing like this that really did it in the same way that no, i can I, think of the, the the closest this ever gets to that uh is on occasion and, and shipping a bottle is a particularly bad offender for this uh, as an episode but it's also the first one yeah um so maybe they kind of learned afterwards there are occasions where charlie mouse is treated like a bit of a fucking imbecile Mm. And they have to set up like, no, Charlie Mouse, do it like this or stop doing that, Charlie Mouse. Yeah. Or, but it's it's very few and far between does that happen. And again, it almost feels like, oh, well, they're telling him because he's a fucking bellend. Not yeah. because it, but, it's I mean, thinking of that one, and the example used earlier on where it was like, you no, know, they 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 were talking about the, the shipping and the bottle. Well, how no, how's it how's it get in there? Oh, we can get in there. And they said, shove him yeah. in. And, and do you, um, Yaffle, isn't it? Yeah. Um, he said, no, don't do that. Because, oh, no, sorry. It's, it's um, the, the doll. Fucking Madeline. Madeline. She said, no, don't do that. You'll break it. And it's the sort of thing that you, okay, if that was happening in your living room, not with fucking mice and toys and everything, but, you know, you have a child doing the same thing. Don't do that. You'll fucking break it. Yeah. And it's, no, it's, the, it's not so much, it's not so much so ragging on your audience going, oh, we can't do that because of this, as you get in the other shows. It's it's talking to the way you would talk to a child is don't do that you're going to break it do it like this instead and then yeah. so their response to that is all oh, right okay so and then you get you know, them pulling him back out with the, the bottle and stuff like that so I I, I didn't even think in with that with, with sort of with that episode and that example I don't I don't even think they they got that particularly wrong and went yeah. I mean it was just it it seemed quite organic and it's no it's I mean I I say that I mean mine are older but I say that ten fifteen times a day don't do that you're going to break it. Don't do that. You're gonna break it. Fuck off out of the way. Let me do it. Um, and, and it's then bit, you break it. And then I break it. But that's fine because I paid for it. Um, yeah. But yes, yeah, so it's but it's that sort of thing where you're like, no, I can I can hear myself. I can hear Tori. I can hear every parent I know going, don't do that. Where you're gonna break it. Don't do that. No, no. Try it yeah. this way instead. And it it has that sort of feel to it. Rather than it being, no viewers, he can't do that because if he does that, he's gonna break it. Yeah, and again, it hasn't got that patronizing. Yeah, it's it's sort of... it seems as you said, it seems very conversational, and very organic. Yeah, it's not got that kind of omniscient no. overlord narrator. You know, I mean, interestingly, Emily, for instance, it's, it's, you never see Emily. She's no, just and that this... was one thing I did think was quite puzzling. I and mean, you wouldn't see it now that Emily would be a fully fledged character. And but then she in would be talking down to them yeah. in the way that this narrator would. And I think Emily as a character is actually much stronger for just being in the opening and closing you know you get all you need from emily in those photographs you understand who yeah. she is you understand that she's playing at having this shop the reason they're all broken and lost things and she doesn't sell anything is because she's a fucking little girl of course yeah. she doesn't have a shop and bagpuss is a fucking stuffed toy yeah. of course he doesn't come to life this is this is emily playing shop yeah. basically you know yeah, she, and, she's, and, and she's, she's got her favorite toys that she's putting into her shop 
Yes, exactly. Um, so we don't need to see her. And I think if we do see yeah. her, it achieves her. Plus the fact, of course, it makes it much more difficult to animate because then you've got an actual person in there. Yeah, and massive size differences and all the rest of it. Exactly, yeah. Although Bagpuss as a puppet is fucking huge. Yeah. Um, um, I have seen him. I mean, he's not small. Did, yeah, because didn't they put um, the original and, oh, fuck, was it Rupert? They put him into yeah. the museum in Cambridge, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, but you can you can see him in the photographs in the opening as well. You can see yeah. him compared to Emily. Like, he's fucking yes. huge. Uh, even the one I've got there is not small. You know, and yeah, that's nowhere near that. the scale. Um, but yeah, he's a big, fat old cat. He's an old, fat, tabby cat. Um, and, you know, again, it's just the observation of the characters there. As somebody who's got four fucking cats, and one of them is fucking fat, um that's how they are they will sleep all fucking day until you prod them with something interesting and then for about five minutes they'll be really fucking super interested and then they'll be like nah, yeah fuck it i'm too going much, back too much to work. sleep now yeah fuck this you know so again really well observed and as you say yaffle um i mean Yaffle's a character that has stuck with me throughout my entire life. That Yaffle is my go-to. Like if I'm if I'm reaching for an academic, if I need to do an academic impersonation, Yaffle is where I go straight away. It's nah, 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 nah. Yeah, and you just get the character straight away hmm. immediately. But yeah, the temptation would have been to be like you know an Archimedes style owl or something like that. But he's yeah. not that. He's more this kind of distinguished old gentleman and a kindly grandfather figure and. It, he could have so easily been something. Even Madeline, like she could so easily have been this horrible matriarch who spoils all the fun and, yeah. you know, is very matronly. And she's not at all. Mm. You know, she's just slightly more genteel than everybody else and a little bit more mature. You know, Gabriel, easiest thing to do with him is make him a fucking Rastafarian, isn't it? Come on, any other show you can name Absolutely, would have made him yeah. a fucking Rastafarian. You know they would have. Yeah. No, not at all. He's a kindly old traveling folk singer. It, it's just the level of character that comes through in these, like, essentially 10 minutes worth of film. 130 minutes total is all you get of these guys if you add it all up. And actually less than that, because a lot of the time they're telling stories. Yeah, It's amazing to me that that that, that level of characters come through and endeared itself to fucking generations. Generations that grew up with it and generations that didn't and found it later. Uh, like me, as I say, my early memories of it were very fucking early. So I can't say I, I connected with it early on like I did with Button Moon or anything like that. But as soon as I watched it for the first time, it just resonated with me straight away. And I, that is just it's the quality of the fucking writing, the quality of the performances and the characterization. It's, it's, that's what it is. Not to mention how well animated and puppeted it is, which mm. is flawless for the time. Yeah. I mean, you have to bear in mind, you know, the tools they were working with. And it was yeah. cheap at the time as well. Yeah, exactly. You know, and it is literally two fucking guys in a shed doing everything like they did rope a few extra voices in as well. Um, but even most of the voices is Postgate and Furman. That's it. Yeah. That's it's just two guys fucking around and they managed to spin this entire creative industry out of it. It's wonderful. It's such a, everything around it is just so magical you know just this whole creative environment that they had that they managed to spin this whole career where they had a bunch of shows all with just a handful of episodes mm. you know you've got noggin the nog you've got are the engine bagpuss clangers all of it and all just being cobbled together by two blokes in a fucking shed and that's i think that's how you get this level of attention to detail and commitment mm. because there's nobody looking over their shoulder going hang on we've got toys to sell and wait a minute not, and there aren't too many people going oh yeah i wouldn't do that mm, yeah no i think uh, no i think it needs to be that i think you need to do this instead no they've got they, they clearly know what they're doing they clearly know their product they really know they really know their characters and it's like well yeah that's fine which you know that's your that's you're doing that one so you carry on you know you know what you're doing i'm not going to micromanage it and it, you know yeah. it just seems to be like okay well anybody they've got in has been a case like you come in and you can do what we need you to do or you can fuck off um, no, yeah. there's there's not that sort of level of interference if you like from third parties and that you know that could be from the BBC or it could be from any sort of you know, production unit or from anybody even later on going right well we want to syndicate this or we want to sell it elsewhere but you need to do A B C X Y Z you don't exactly. have any of that it's just look we're, this is the show we want to make we're going to fucking make it and beyond that that's 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 as far as we want to know. And that's, you know, this this isn't, this is a Bagpuss podcast, obviously, but just to go slightly off topic, that is the only way, the only way you get to the sheer fucking lunacy 
the absolute insanity that is the clangers mm. is for just leave these guys alone and let yeah. them do what they want. You know, they walked in with their elevator pitch to the BBC and they go, oh, yeah, well, you know, the mice from Bagpuss. And they go, yeah, everybody loves the mice. Yeah, yeah, they, they'll say, I'll do a show about the mice. OK, we're going to put them in space and they don't talk English. And there's a soup dragon. Like, what? Excuse me? <laughs> like, it's mm. insane. And you don't get that. Like you say, network interference on that would have been horrendous. Like the, the soup what now? Yeah. Why is he a dragon? Why are they on the moon? Why is it made of cheese? Why don't they speak English? Sorry, what's yeah, going on? What are they doing? <laughs> yeah. Like, and yet you look back at it now, it is one of the most beloved shows of all time. And what I'm sure we'll come to do on this podcast. It is Ooh, be fun. fucking insane absolute insanity that show and there's no way you do it with any level of studio interference and no absolutely not but again it's at the quality and this is just a totally different thing this is much more serene much calmer this is another one of those i, I talked about it with with rent a ghost as well this is one of those kind of happy place shows where you can just go so what uh, like it's been a shitty week i just want like i'm gonna have i got a nice cup of coffee and put this dvd in <laughs> And I'm just going to watch Bagpuss for, for a couple of hours and it will be fine. Everything will be right with the world and I'll be calm. It's got that effect. It's just lovely. It, it's a lovely, lovely show. Not to mention it makes, like I said, the mice make me laugh every fucking time. I find them hilarious. Absolutely. Because they're little arseholes. And that's funny. Yeah. That is funny to me. It's why, again, it's why I have actual cats because they are little arseholes. And that's funny you know um so yeah i mean I, I think it's pretty obvious that i absolutely adore this show um you know i i can't think i, I can't think of anything bad to say about it i, I don't think there, not a single episode and i've watched the whole thing again as i said over the course of three days and okay there's only 13 of them but not a single episode feels like a chore some are better than others don't get me wrong some are absolutely superb and some are not not as good as the rest of them, but they're all quality and not a single episode feels like a chore. It never feels like it drags. It's never like, oh, my God, I've got to watch another one of these, which we've had with some of these shows, yeah. you know, and, and this this isn't that at all. And it's the Jesus. I don't know how many times have we watched it. This is like my umpteenth watch through. I, I don't fucking know some of these episodes I practically know by heart. Um yeah, I, I, I don't know how many times I've seen it. And I'll, I don't think I'll ever get bored of it. It's certainly not the last time I'll see it either. Yeah, I mean, as I, I came to it for more uh, more or less the first time this week. And if I'm honest, because of everything else that's going on at the moment, it was one of those, right, OK, I'll put it on. I watched the first one. Oh, OK, right, fine. Put the second one on. Got fucked off with the intro because, oh, right, OK, that's the same then. And it's like four hours long. Um, so there was that. And then by the time I got to the third one, I was like, right, OK. I I've, I kind of had enough by that point. And I said, that may be because of all the other shit that was going on as I was sat in a waiting room for him to come out with his, his appointment. Um, so that didn't help because he was in a comfortable chair. It doesn't help that I've not slept in about three weeks. So I was sitting there going, I could just close my eyes for a minute. And, mm. and that, may, that may come down to how calming it is and how gentle it is. But for an insomnia, I could be thinking, fuck me, I could go to sleep now. That I mean, was a I, little bit alarming. I, I definitely think, actually, you... Yeah, because I was about to say something to you before you said that, you know, like you watched it in a waiting room and that's fine. I think you can probably watch it anyway. Um, I've watched some on my phone at the kitchen table rather than on the DVD just because I happen to have my phone with me at the time. And I can be asked to go and turn the DVD on. Um, but it is definitely a show that is best served by, as I say, just settling yourself down, making mm. yourself nice and comfortable, getting yourself a drink and yeah, just letting it wash over you. And yeah, it's not boredom. It's just, it is a love, it's a great big warm hug of a show. It's so relaxing and lovely um, that, yeah, it, it doesn't surprise me that maybe it did make you feel a bit sleepy. Maybe it just switched your brain off for a bit. I don't know, but. Maybe. Well, that doesn't fucking happen often. I know that. Yeah, it's. That's why I don't sleep. Yeah, it it, it is just a, a lovely, great big warm hug of a show. That That is the best way to describe Bagpuss, I think. And it, and as I say, it depends what you find humorous, I suppose. But for me, it's fucking hilarious. The comedy timing on the mice is just wonderful. They they they're so so funny, um, and and just the way they move and everything as well. It, I love everything about this show. I, everything about it. I, I don't have a single bad thing to say. Yeah, um, I mean, I, that's it. I I will 
go for our usual barometer. I'll I'll try and introduce my two to it and see how it goes. I'll see how it translates because that I would mean, be interesting. Yeah, I'd imagine for number two, it's not going to be interesting enough. Nothing's going to blow up. Nothing's going to. You know, there's no fighting. There's no car chases and. You know, but then he's a six-year-old boy. Um, mm. For number one, it may take, it may not. I don't know. Um, I'll give it a go, I guess. But I mean, certainly for me, it was one of those that, having now done a bit of it, I may at some point go back to it if I get time. And if you know, depending again, depending on what else is going on, I probably won't, to be honest, just because I don't know. As, as I, I know we've just knocked off Game of Thrones, but we, we go through so much content for every show. And no, it's, yeah. just, it's just a finding time to sit down and think, well, okay, I could do this. Excuse me. I could do this for three hours, but also we I need to watch that movie for next week, or we need to start that. Scene, we need to start watching that show for for two weeks' time, and just going. Oh, you know what? I'll just keep plowing forward instead, because you know, it's it's one of those. I, I mean, there are things I want to watch for me for pleasure that I've you know, that have been available for a while and I haven't got into, or I've been halfway through and I haven't finished watching seasons. So I'm thinking I'm not going to start something new when I've got stuff already piled up in backlog. And then all the stuff yeah. we do as well. So, I mean, I, it was all right. It was just one of those that, I mean, not having any baggage with it to, to begin with, it just didn't do a great deal for me. But I can see why, if it's a, certainly if something you've grown up with, I can know, I, I can see why people would, would sort of gravitate towards it. And it, no, it is, it is healthy, it is fun, it's no, it is easy to watch. It's just not really for me at the moment. Yeah. I mean, I can, I, I can honestly say I watch it. Yeah. We do watch a lot of stuff. And part of the reason perhaps this didn't feel like a slog is because I enjoy watching this. It mm. is something that I want to watch. Yeah. Um, and for me, as I say, that that's not because I grew up with it. It's because I just it struck a chord with me mm. many, many years ago. And I've watched it many times since uh, because I, I think it it's just perfect storytelling. And that that for me is the most important thing in any show regardless of what genre it is you know when we when we talk about game of thrones like we've said many many times sword and sorcery is not our thing i'm not a high fantasy kind of guy mm. but there was some interesting enough storytelling in game of thrones yeah that it hooked me yeah. um now it wasn't it wasn't done particularly well and that's why i fell out of love with the show and that's where our whole other fucking podcast came from <laughs> but for this i love it because it's they're just 13 really good stories really well told yeah and it for me there's there's nothing more perfect than that yeah i mean i i I've, i'm in a couple of writing groups and one of the things i i hear a lot of oh i don't really read fantasy i don't really read crime or no so but story story yes it doesn't absolutely. matter what your genre is it doesn't matter what no it doesn't matter what story you're trying to tell there's a way of telling it and that's what you need to focus on so if you are telling a story about swords and dragons and um, in whatever else that's fine if you are telling a no, police procedural about no that's fine as long as you do it in a way that um, that's, that moves your story along and makes sense and it's clear and all the rest of it if you can't do that then you might as well be writing in fucking gibberish yeah and, and claiming you're speaking in tongues because no that's the effect you're going to have and i think that yeah i mean no, i said we, we've said it many times story no, story is all important because if your story is shit the rest of it doesn't matter. It can look amazing, mm. but if your story doesn't work, it's not going to translate to what you get on the screen. And if it doesn't, if people can't follow it, even if it does look amazing, people are going to switch off very quickly. Yeah, that's right. And and you know, we we talk about this in depth on on some of the other shows as well, and we have touched on it with with some of the shows we've looked at on SMPD as well. But story is made up of so many different facets. There are so many mm. things. Like narrative, yes, is is absolute key. Narrative structure is the most important thing, uh, and it and it's the one thing that this does absolutely perfectly. That I mentioned earlier on, it's the one thing that really connects me. But there's all of the other things that this does right as well, that all going to just making a perfect story. The characterization is right. The characters all act as they should. Nobody acts out of character. And it sounds ridiculous to be having this conversation about a 15 minute preschool show. Mm. But that's the level of attention to detail that's being put into this. Visually, we get all the right cues. You know, we, we understand everything that's going on. It's all mm. clear. The characters all act as they should. The voices all fit the characters. The performance is wonderful. Just everything about it adds up to just this perfect telling of this very simple story every week. And, like you know, I, I'm... I hope at least my my genuine love for the Hamish episode came out when I attempted to retell that story and did a very poor job because I was doing it straight off the top of my head. Unfortunately, the thing but, that struck me with it is when you said he was he was on his own in his dark blowing his bagpipe. 
there you go. I mean, yeah, I, I didn't tell it nearly as well as they do in the show. And that's that's credit to the show as well as it is disservice to me, I suppose. But <laughs> when you, when you can elicit that much of an emotional response in literally three or four minutes with some fucking cardboard cutouts that mm. you're moving around by hand, that's fucking magic. That's special. Um, and that's what this show is to me. Yeah, and, and that's why I, I get that. I say it, it. It didn't do it for me, but I get. I get why. It, no, I get why it where where it has for you and whatnot. Why other people gravitate towards it. And I remember when Channel Four did their um, survey of kids shows. I think it was ninety nine, two thousand, when it was so millennium time. Yeah, and it was, and yeah. I mean, this was in terms of public vote. This was fucking miles ahead. Yeah, it, it's been officially voted the most popular children's TV show of all time um, in, a, in a BBC poll as well. Yeah. Um, in the UK, obviously, in the UK, not yeah. worldwide. I don't, I don't know how well it travelled overseas. I don't know. Um, I mean, it's, it's not a lot of It's very quaint and British. The thing. It is very British. I'm trying to see. There's not a huge amount of um, information about it internationally. So, I don't, I mean, but then again, if Universal have picked it up, and that's what I'm thinking. I mean, it may, it may have gone. There's just not really a lot of information about it. I mean, I, I kind of hope not because if it's, if it's got overseas, then there's always the hideous potential of a reboot. And yeah. I swear to God, if somebody tried to show me a CGI bagpuss, I'd fucking poke their eyeballs out. <laughs> um, there is, I'm looking at it, it's on other DVDs on bbcshop.com as well. Um, so it's available. And then there's um, a, a merch page on Bandcamp as well. So how, uh, how much is the DVD now, out of curiosity? Uh, I don't know. I paid about 25 quid for it, but this is going back a long, long time ago. Uh, the BBC store is now closed. Oh, there you go. 2017, so yeah, I don't know. There you go. Um, but I mean, yeah, I paid about 25 quid for it. It's worth every penny of that, to be honest. Um, well, the thing is, it's one of those that, like, the, you've got a f- you've got the full run of a series there, so you, know, you can get away. You know, even though it is only three hours, they can get away with charging that. I mean, if you look at what they were charging for like, when the Thundercats box sets came out, and they were, you know, five six discs, and, yeah, yeah, and and they were charging 25 30 quid for one season of that. And yeah. thinking, hang on, I can get an entire run of this. Okay, it's a, it's a different show, and yes, there may be less episodes, but actually, I can get that, or I can buy a third of a product, which I'm going to have to go out and spend more money on, and I'm probably not going to be as invested in because, as we talked about when we did Thundercats, yes, okay, Thundercats holds up to an extent, but actually, it's not, it's certainly not as brilliant as I fucking remember it. No. Um, and you, I, I remember largely being disappointed when I was going through, thinking, okay, well, there's only X number of episodes, but they're kind of dull. They have bits in them, but there's nothing wholly grabbing about an episode. And I say, with these, I say, no, I, I didn't gravitate towards them, um, I said, probably because of circumstance and everything else. But each episode tells a complete story. So yes. I, can chuck, I can chuck one of these on, it doesn't matter. Whereas with something like Thundercats or Transformers, where you say, right, I've got, I've got the box set, and I've got to stick on disc after disc after disc just to keep up with it until I get to the end of a season. Yeah. And who's got fucking time for that? Well, exactly. Whereas these, you can watch an episode. Like if you got five minutes and you want to relax, you can just be like, Do you know what? And well, fifteen minutes realistically. Yeah. Do you know what? I'm going to watch an episode of Bagpuss, and you will always have a good time with it, and you will always turn that episode off feeling a hundred percent better than you did when you started it. I get, there is no way this show can possibly make you feel worse. It just doesn't have it in in the show. It's unless you've got some sort of phobia of mice or woodpeckers or big cats. Or pink stripy cats, yeah. Who who knows? I mean, yeah. I guess if you're afraid of mice and frogs, it could be reasonably traumatic. Or dolls. But then you wouldn't watch it, would you? No, you wouldn't go anywhere near. I mean, if you got a doll phobia, I guess Madeline is vaguely terrifying. She's not the, you know, she's not the friendliest looking of dolls. Oh, she, yeah, but no, she's not Chucky, is she? No, but she has got that kind of rag doll kind of faceless, featureless yeah, expression. True. So. I can imagine yeah, she doesn't move very much because she's kind of flat. And yeah, so I can imagine she's vaguely, she's probably the scariest of them. Um, yeah, probably. The rest of them, not so much. I mean, some of, some of the things look vaguely terrifying as well. The elephant. Yeah. I don't yeah, know, that looks like, quite weird. That's, yeah, that looks like it's been hit by a fucking car or something. Um, but in general, you're always going to leave in a better mood than you started when you're watching Bagpuss. And there aren't many shows I can say that about. No, that's fair. I think that's fair. Um, so yeah, I, I I don't have too much else to say. I I could literally talk about this all night and tell you how great it is. 
Um, but I, I don't have too much else to add other than just to continue singing its praises. And I'm probably going to sound a little bit like a stuck record. Um, if, as I said at the start of the show, if, if you've never seen it, I can't imagine you've made it this far into the episode. But if you've never seen it, then do yourself a favour. And if you have and you're listening to us because you fondly remember it too, and maybe we've brought some memories back, then absolutely go and track it down. Pay for it if you can. If you can't, it is on YouTube. And, you know, that's that's better than nothing. Just pay for it when you get the opportunity to, if that's the case. Yeah. But please do go back and watch it because I promise you there, there is nothing else like it still. It is just pure magic distilled into 15 minutes of screen time. And there's not many shows you can say that about these days. No, certainly not many that we've found anyway. <laughs> no, definitely not many that we've found. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, as as always, we'd love to know what people think, what people remember, because, I mean, let's say I don't have baggage with this. I know a lot of people do. A lot of people will remember this from first or second time around. Um, I know that it was it, it kind of resurfaced around about 1999 as well. So no, it is out there, and people are going to know. People are going to have memories of this and fond, and fond memories of this. So yeah, let us know what you think. Um, favorite episodes as well, because they're so fucking surreal. Um, it's just really, I'd be really interested to see what people make of particular episodes, particularly the things of like the yeah. elephant, which is so fucking random. There, there um, are some. There is debate. Like people do top ten lists of episodes and stuff as well. It's and, and fucking is, redundant when it's only thirteen. Yeah, but you know they will rank episodes, and like some are more popular. As my personal favorite, and it's one that some people say is one of the worst. But my personal favorite is is the Hamish, as you can probably tell from from my story. You know, um, but yeah, yeah. Let us know, listeners. What are your favorite episodes? What's your top ten? Who's your favorite character as well? Because they're all so just wonderful and different. So yeah, and um, any and any dirty versions of the mice's round that you may have, <laughs> always welcome. Yeah, there's bound to be some of those around. Um, oh, there's plenty. <laughs> yeah, if if we can find any, we will stick them in the yeah, in the link for the episode. Um, but yeah, let us know. Get in touch um, as always on Twitter at smpdpod, on Facebook and YouTube with the Devil Land Podcast Network. Uh, you can go to our website ddpodcast.net where you can also get our previous episodes and our other shows. Wherever you get your podcast from, be it iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, Google Play, Amazon Music, like, share, subscribe, leave some message, we'll be back to you as best we can. Until next time. See you later.